Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. The approach that we're going to take is we're going to play game 83. I mean, it just happens that from 83 to 90, we're going to play the same team. We're going to continue to try and improve from night to night. You have to do that in the playoffs. We don't really want to take our guys out of the rhythm that they're in. They've done a good job down the stretch, and we just want to continue on doing this that. This is Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Jordan Everly This here. is Malalu. This is Cam Talbot. This is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers. This is Oil Country. And this is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Delivering toner and supplies tape to tape every time. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. Now, Bob Stoffer on the official radio station of your Edmonton Oilers, 630 Ched. that we ran with and uh, you're smart enough to get that because Jordan Everly was in that intro so we'll endeavor to uh, find out what happened there coming up on today's uh, noon improved and live version of Oilers Now brought to you by our title sponsor Digitex Uh, yes that's more like Oilers then not Oilers Now Uh, that opening uh, Digitex is our title sponsor of Oilers Now we're going to have a conversation sometime over the next couple of weeks with Hugh Porter a little bit of announcement moving forward with Digitex Digitex Text trusted by 630 Ched. Visit their new e-commerce site and order supplies, printers, and more at digitex.ca. Coming up, uh, I'll get to it fairly quickly. Uh, the boys are indeed back in town. They were out on the ice today. It was an informal practice, which means the orders can't have any of their current uh, full-time coaching staff on the ice. Uh, Connor McDavid basically heads us up as uh, the captain of the team. Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Milan Lucic, Ryan Strom, Jujar Kara, uh, Zach Cassian, Kyler Yamamoto, Drake Kajula, Chris Russell, to name some of the players that were out on the ice. Ian Herbers ran the skate. Oh, and Darnell Nurse was out there as well. And speaking of Darnell Nurse, uh, represented by Anton Thun, uh, as we have repeatedly mentioned for multiple weeks now, uh, for those of you nervous uh, types out there, uh, it is my belief that everything is fine on the nurse front. Eventually, a bridge deal will be done. And the fact that he is in town skating with the likes of... um, 
uh, Connor McDavid and Nugent Hopkins, etc., to me is a reassuring sign moving forward that it's fait accompli that this thing will indeed get done. So uh, we'll have some thoughts on the Edmonton Oilers, the Edmonton Eskimos, the Alabama Crimson Tide. Uh, yes, indeed, uh, coming up on uh, today's show. Also, it is Tuesday, and it is September. And Tuesdays in September throughout the entire season means that Mark Spector will join us. Stoffer and Spector, brought to you by our friends at Horse Racing Alberta. And we will tell you, now featuring live standard bread racing at the track on two this Saturday at uh, 1.10 p.m., 1 p.m. out in Lacombe, right on Highway Number 2. So standard red racing taking place at the track on two in Lacombe, Alberta. Uh, for those of you that are horse racing enthusiasts, Mark Spector will join us in studios. Uh, we will have some thoughts on a couple different things, including uh, the weekend. Obviously, the show's called Orders now. We're going to be talking a bit about the uh, Edmonton Orders Hockey Club. Uh, but we'll talk about the Edmonton Eskimos who, for the third consecutive road game, had an opportunity to win and couldn't get it done. Tough one in the Labor Day Classic return engagement coming up on Saturday. It's a good game. The Eskimos played pretty well in that game. Here's how you reach us on a River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline, 780-496-0063. It is brought to you by the River Cree Resort and Casino. They have the Proclaimers at the River Cree, Thursday, September 13th, and Steve Earle and the Dukes taking place 30th anniversary of Copperhead Road, September the 23rd. You can text us on our Westlock Ford text line. If you're looking for a new vehicle, go see Paul Olson at Westlock Ford or check out their great selection today at westlockford.com. Worth the drive to get your new ride. We are on Twitter. At orders now, my personal Twitter handle is Bob underscore Stoffer. And again, Stoffer Inspector every Tuesday brought to you by our friends at Horse Racing Alberta. The 7,000 men and women that work in the horse racing industry in the province of Alberta. The wonderful province that is. All right, uh, we'll have NHL today at uh, 1220. We also have a very special guest coming up at 105. He is one of the best uh, long-form writers in the entire business when it comes to sports. Jeff Perlman. He has written a book about the USFL called Football for a Buck. And this is uh, about uh, the United States Football League that basically, thanks in large part to Donald Trump, moved from a spring to a summer league and got wiped out by the National Football League. And the crazy stories about the USFL. For those of you that uh, maybe heard of Jeff Perlman, he's written The Bad Guys One, the story about the 86 Miracle Mets. Where they, That group really wasn't the Miracle Mets like the 69 Mets, uh, but they were quite a uh, collection of personalities, including obviously Doc Gooden, Daryl Strawberry, and largely helped by Bill Buckner allowing the ball to squeeze through his legs. In, uh, was, that, uh, was that game five? I'm just trying to recall which uh, game that was. The Red Sox had the lead, and uh, looky, looky, here comes Mookie. Mookie Wilson scoring the winning run for the Mets on a one of the most egregious, almost Steve Smith-esque, in fact, bigger in many regards uh, than Steve Smith in terms of uh, the baseball world. We'll talk a bit about that with Mark Spector. Also, Boys Will Be Boys, another book by Jeff Perlman. 
and probably, uh, I would argue, for me, maybe my most enjoyable read. Uh, definitely some tales uh, from out of school on the Dallas Cowboys at the height of their dynasty. And thank you, Reed, uh, for mentioning that it was game number six uh, for the uh, Mets, who uh, ultimately would go on and win the 1986 World Series after Billy Buckner dropped the infamous ball. Again, you can text us at 630-630, tweet us at Oilers Now, email us OilersNow at 630ched.com. 1213 in Edmonton, Bob Stauffer with you, and uh, we are going to be slowly transitioning into our full bore schedule list, which will be up and running next week. And on that note, stay tuned, Uh, because we are going to have a couple of announcements over the next week in our efforts to continuously improve the product on the show. I will tell you that... uh, they're going to be uh, Ray Knight, by the way, scoring the winning run in game number six. Is that correct? Why, why did David uh, Why did David Letterman make reference of looky, looky, here comes Mookie? I'm not sure on that front, but uh, anyhow, uh, there you go. The Mets in 86, the Buck again, Jeff Perlman, the bad guys won, the Cowboys, their dynasty, boys will be boys. That is, if you're ever to put it this way, if I'd advise you to read one sports book, that sits there and makes you go, wow, is that what it was really like? Boys would be boys. Uh, Boys will be boys is that definitive book. When we get back on Oilers Now, we'll talk about uh, the entourage that was out at Rogers Place today. We'll talk about the Edmonton Eskimos. We'll talk about Blake Wheeler. And we'll talk about the Alabama Crimson Tide. This is Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Ched. Welcome back, everybody. It's 1216 in Edmonton. This is Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer with you again. Mark Spector jumping into studio today at 1235. We'll have Jeff Perlman at 1 o'clock. We will get to your texts at various stages on our Westlock Ford text line at 630-630. And we will tell you that the title sponsor of Oilers Now is is Digitex. All righty. Here we go. Uh, we're going to get to NHL today. It's brought to you by our friends at Elite Promotional Marketing, more than just sportswear. The news uh, from this morning uh, broken by Bob McKenzie and Darren Drager from TSN. Blake Wheeler of the Winnipeg Jets gets a five-year contract extension, $41.25 million. That's $8.25 million. And whenever I think of Blake Wheeler, and I know some guys don't like this because we all know Yessa Pugliarvi's got a long... See, here's the thing that's interesting with Yessa Pugliarvi is there's a portion of the fan base that believes that Yessa Pugliarvi should automatically play in the Oilers' top six right from day one. Okay? And there's others that think, no, he's got to transition in. Uh, but what I will tell you about Yessa Pugliarvi is at the same age, he's ahead of where Blake Wheeler was. Uh, Blake Wheeler was not even locked in as a top six forward uh, with the Minnesota Golden Gophers in his 19-year-old year. And, oh, by the way, uh, you know, Yessa Pugliarvi was in the NHL. Now, Yessa did not have a great final 35 games this season. I'm still quite bullish on the player. I'm going to be very intrigued to see how the new coaching staff uh, works with Yessa Pugliarvi. But I am going to get to some... Uh, the, the primary bit of news out there does involve uh, Yessa Pugliarvi. There's not been a lot of PTOs on the PTO front. Um, hearing that maybe Calgary is going to be adding a couple guys coming in on PTOs, including Justin Falk, 
but that's on a PTO, and that's the Falk that's spelt F-A-L-K, not the Falk that is spelt F-A-U-L-K of the Carolina Hurricanes, who I maintain, I still believe, will be traded by the start of the regular season when the Canes are on the hook to uh, get him paid. We've done the math before. Carolina made that blockbuster deal. The Calgary Flames have got Dougie Hamilton. He is undeniably, uh, and I think you could say this right now, he's number one uh, right-shot defenseman. He is. He's also making $5.5 million, $5.75 million per year. They have Brett Pesci as a second-pairing right-shot D. He's making over $4 million a year. Justin Falk, uh, who played second-pairing minutes last year, theoretically would be moved down to the third pairing. He's a $4.8 million cap hit, $6 million real dollars that the Hurricanes have to start paying when we get into the regular season in October. Basically buys their ownership slot, Tom Dundon, because he's owning and managing the team, uh, about a month to... Uh, procure a deal uh, for Justin Falk. Don't forget they got Trevor Van Riemsdyk at a two-year deal of $2.8 million to play third-pairing right-shot minutes. And people say, well, why don't you play him on the second-pairing uh, maybe on the left side? Well, they just went out and signed Calvin DeHaan Multi-year deal, five years, four and a half million bucks, give or take 50000 And then, oh, let's not forget, uh, they have Jacob Slavin. So they have Slavin and DeHaan on the left side. They got Hamilton, who's their big blockbuster off-season acquisition, and Pesci on the right side. They got Van Rienstijk third pairing, and then they got a couple of really decent young projects on defense, Hayden Fleury, who played a lot last season. Um, along, Actually, Hayden Fleury played a lot last year if Justin Falk, may I add. Uh, Hayden Fleury as well as Jake Bean coming. So the Hurricanes are deep, deep, deep in defense. They're a team-controlled budget squad, not a cap team, which is why I think at some point Justin Falk is going to move. The Calgary Falk, uh, the one I believe that's going to end up there in a PTO, is uh, the one that's bounced around the league and was in Buffalo most recently. So something's got to give at some stage with the Carolina Hurricanes. People say, well, what about Edmonton? And don't think that Toronto and Cal- uh, Chicago Blackhawks would not also be in on Justin Falk. But back to the Edmonton Oilers here. Paul Yarby, definitely a question mark as to what's reasonable. And so I'm going to throw that out there right now. You can text us on our Westlock Ford text line at 630-630. What do you think Yes, Paul Yarby is going to do this year? What kind of numbers do you think he's going to put up? Is it acceptable if he starts the season on the third line? with Jajar Kerr on the left side and Ryan Strom in the middle. Does he have to play higher than that? Theoretically, if the Oilers start the year, Connor McDavid at center, Ryan Nugent Hopkins left side on the right wing, Ty Ratty. Second line, Leon Dreisaitl at center, left side Milan Lucic, right side Tobias Reeder. Third line, Left uh, left wing, the aforementioned Kerr with Strom and Pugliarvi. And then the fourth line, Kajula, along with Kyle Brodziak and Zach Cassian. That leaves one extra forward by my uh, part at this stage right now is Pontus Aberg, Scotty Upshaw, say 50-50 to make the team and get signed. Because I do think that in many respects, Upshaw has the perfect temperament to play a fourth-line role. And that might allow the Oilers some maneuverability with some other forwards to address some other areas of the team. If you catch my drift. You can text us at 630-630. This text comes in saying, Bob, this sounds like Yakupov talk, if you ask me, from Chris. Well, there you go. 
And for some people, that is sort of the concern on Pogliarvi. I think Pogliarvi is a little bit different case. Uh, Yakupov played junior in North America. Pogliarvi did not. And uh, Pogliarvi is from a very obscure part of uh, Finland, I'm told. And there might be some issues in terms of transitioning into the North American game and climatizing to the North American lifestyle. Uh, this text comes in saying, I think he needs to be a 20-goal guy this season or he's a bust. Well, I'd say that's close. Uh, this text comes in saying, Bob, yes, a Pogliarvi and the Blake Wheeler comparison is not fair. Pogliarvi might be mismanaged and playing here instead of the minors. So the texter is suggesting, uh, you know, because Blake Wheeler was a slow developer that's become a very good player. Very good. Another text out of Edmonton. Bob, I want Yesapoliarvi to succeed, but I think he's another Yakupov. Shot up the hockey ranks as a big kid with skills, never had to work. Uh, he's never had to develop more hockey since. All right. The one thing I'll say about Poliarvi, the, the work ethic is there. Okay? He puts the time in in the gym, and he works at what he's not good at, which I'm not sure Yak always worked hard in practice at what he wasn't good at. I think he worked, he loved to one-time pucks and shoot the puck. I think Nail needed to acclimatize himself a little bit more to the North American game. Both players, do, uh, both Yakupov and Pogliarvi, the one thing I, I think can be said is there has been some challenging times in terms of transitioning and learning how to play with others. But I do see Paul Yarvey's, there's no question the guy, I mean, the guy is a, an absolute um, gym rat. He's in incredible shape. He's a tank for a kid of that age. He's huge. And it, I don't think Paul Yarvey shot up the ranks at all. In fact, he might have actually dropped a couple spots in the ranks, whereas Yakupov was the consensus number one his entire year. Uh, Topher says he's more like Yakimov, Bogdan Yakimov. Not uh, going to say that at all. He's a way better player than uh, Bogdan Yakimov. Dirty Mike and the boys. Uh, Bob, yes, the Pugliarvi will end up with 25 goals and 20 assists, 15 of those goals in the second half as he starts to get top six minutes. You know what? That is a feasible scenario, is that he gets he starts the year in the third line, and by the end of the year, he ends up... I mean, one of the things that could happen here... In my sort of estimation and look at the roster, I don't have Kato Yamamoto making the team. Let's not forget Leon Dreisaitl's second-year pro. Well, he played 37 games and then went back to junior. Then the next year, started the year in the American Hockey League. Paul Yarby played a large portion of his rookie campaign. You know, anybody played 28 games in the NHL, then went down at Bakersfield and started year number two in the American Hockey League. Yamamoto got into nine games last year. I could see him starting the season in the American Hockey League. That is a distinct possibility. The Don, or this is not the Don, it's from Don. Bob, everybody matures differently. I hope, yes, he can adapt and grow more into his role. He doesn't need heat on him. Well, guess what? When you're in Edmonton uh, and you're an Oiler player, you're in the public spotlight. I mean, that's all there is to it because the fans have intense passion uh, for uh, this season. Rugged from Saskatoon, says Bob. If the right-wing depth starts with Ratty, Reader, Gajula, Cassian, that is great. Uh, JP starts on third line left. That's better for him. 15 points in the 15 games, then hopefully 30 points in the remaining 50 with promotion into the top six. 
this text comes in. Ron from Camrose. Bob, don't ever sell Finns short, ever. They have Sisu. That's in parenthesis. Uh, guts, inner strength. That is religion in Finland. Yes, Apolyarvi will become a star within a year or two. Well, I hope you're right there, because that would be super. Uh, again, you can text us at 630, 630. Uh, boy, it sure seems like we've talked a lot about Yasapoliarvi, but part of it is just who's going to pick up the scoring. I mean, where are the Oilers going to get the goals from other than McDavid, Dreisaitl, and Nugent Hopkins? And is there a window for Poliarvi? We will continue down this path with uh, Mark Spector from Sportsnet. Stoffer Inspector again, brought to you by our friends at Horse Racing Alberta. And speaking of Horse Racing Alberta, now featuring live standard red racing, track on two this Saturday afternoon in Lacombe, right on highway number two. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, Mark Spector when we return on Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.